program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Eliza LeBeau. And we originally met when I was doing a book signing at... um, a Barnes and Noble. I'm not sure which location. Uh, and Farmington. I, that sounds good. I've I've hit a few. I've hit a few. Mm-hmm. So I'm very thankful that they keep bringing me in. And uh, I remember you coming up to me with you know this like heart to heart. But I don't remember exactly what sparked that we had this big conversation. Do you? I had just gotten my kids back from my ex husband, and I feel like it was that I had one of my daughters with me and she uh, she was struggling she still is a little bit but I hadn't had him back for very long I think it was about I think it was about six months after my ex-husband and their dad passed yes yes that reminds me that was like and I remember like really trying not to like step my foot in it. And I kept, and you kept saying, good, you navigated that well. Yeah, you, you, you managed that because I'm like, what? Okay, the next part, yeah. uh-huh, which we'll get to that story. I presume we're gonna share some of that story, right? Yeah, some of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah. we just kind of had this instant connection and we're just there bonding and you bought my books. So- Yep, I did. And I signed them and I was like- my And I read friend. them. <laughs> Perfect. So- uh I'll just let you say that you, um, how you felt about those books. Um, I really enjoyed them. Oh, I, I, that would have been really awkward. If you <laughs> right? <They're> terrible. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I feel like there's a lot you said, I, you've said before that there were a lot the same, you know, people are a lot the same. And when you talk to people, you really find out how much the same people are. And, um, you know, there's a lot in there that I'm like, yep, there's a lot the same. Lot the same. <laughs> we, we are kindred spirits. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, what's, what's that? The, the girl that lives up in Canada. I can't, I, why, why, um, the redhead, the cute, those cute books that kindred spirits comes from. I don't even know. Okay. Sorry. I'm not, I have no help <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Hey, hey, at least I know your name, right? I can't remember right, fictional characters. Anne Shirley, thank you. Oh, oh, Anne, from Anne of Green Gables? Anne of okay. Green Gables, Anne Shirley. Okay, kindred spirits. She did have kindred spirits. Yes, you're right. Yes, yeah. okay. I think I feel like that's where that whole thing came from. Or she I'm an Anne Shirley fan, for sure. Right, we're both such big Anne Shirley fans. We couldn't remember her name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. So, uh, I got in trouble with somebody the other day that I didn't remember their name. And I'm like, I don't know if you've heard, there's been like a pandemic. I haven't seen people. And they say you can only remember seven names at a time. And I'm like, uh, but I'm I don't actually even... kind of a genius because I can remember more than seven names. Yeah. My kids, 
get mad. Mom, why can't you? I told you this yesterday. And I say, I can't remember your name, which I gave to you. So I don't know what you want from me. Okay, that's a whole different thing. That's right? just repetition. Rep repetition. <laughs> I have two living children and I have literally called them their sister that's past name, which I'm not yeah. getting to do a whole lot. So I don't know where that came from. And I will get, I will call the, the boy name to the girl. And it's, or, and, yep. and even worse because I call my husband lover. Oh, <laughs> that's come out for sure. <laughs> hey lover. And the kid, my son's like, like what? No mom. mom. No, mom. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's, there's what DF, the child protective services can be worried about that, right. that I accidentally mix up my pet names for my husband to my children. Yes. Yep. I just outed myself on that. That's awkward. <laughs> so speaking of happy marriages, <laughs> can't remember everything, can you? <laughs> you can't keep oh. it all straight. Okay. No. So speaking of happy marriages, uh, obviously hmm. we're on a podcast so you can share what you want to share. I was making a joke there. You can have a bitter oh. laugh. Insert bitter well, laugh. <laughs> I, well, I currently have a happy marriage. Um, and I think I was trying to think of what it is, like what my story is, what, what my message is. And I think my ex-husband led, helped lead me there, helped, um, help me find it. Cause it really is about, uh, this idea of like control and, uh, free agency and our ability to choose. And he, he, um, he enabled my children to teach me a very hard lesson. I'm loving I how you were, I'm loving how you were putting this together. Like he led me to this. Um, they sure. enabled enabled my children to teach me a valuable lesson. I mean, what a beautiful way of finding the gratitude. Yeah. And I, it's weird. Cause I, I hate him, but I miss him. And I think they feel the same. Um, now that he is passed and okay. So let me, I want to ask you a question. When you say hate, because I think words are important. Mm -hmm. So hate, like you'd spit at his feet or his face or whatever, or hate meaning like, I just don't want to be in the same room with them. What, what, what does that mean to you? Cause I feel like there are people that I hate or no, I'm not even sure if I can say that, that I dislike, mm -hmm. but I also love them. Yep. And yep. there are people that I'm disgusted with, but there's very few of them that I couldn't, it's hard. I, I can get along with most people. I guess mm -hmm. that's why it's good that I do this podcast. Cause I'm kind of like, see, you can get along with people if you talk yeah. to people. Right. Um, but I think we throw that word around so much that I feel like it bears defining for this conversation. Okay. So I, I completely understand. There are very few people that I hate. Um, or that I have ever hated. Um, and from a very deep place, I have very truly hated him. He, um, so I don't want to be with you. I can't stand the sight of you. The thinking of you makes me sick to my stomach. Physically ill. Physically which I Ill. would say when we have been, if I can use the words, I don't want to be putting words in your mouth, but 
when we have been abused by someone, I think that's a pretty healthy place to be. Yeah. And, and all the boundary emotionally and physically and abused in all the ways for a very long time until, um, I got the power to leave. And then it took me a while, but then there was forgiveness and love again. And then, uh, later he had the opportunity (laughs) to, um, take my kids from me. And, uh, for about a six year period, he spent two years teaching them to hate me and then two years taking them from me. And then two years, I had no communication with two of my children and I couldn't identify them on the street because they had hit puberty and I had no idea what they looked like. Oh, I can't, uh, I mean, the heart of a parent and not to demean men, because I will never be that person that does demean men in total, right? But well, and it's not all men, and it's women right, but too. It's, I'm, you know, I'm about to go into we moms love our kids something extra, and you know, when you hear about the the mom that went to the grocery store and forgot her kid was in the car, my thought thinks she's either on meth or she has like eight kids or six kids or right. something. And it's just hard to move all those heads around, right? But the idea that people could forget, like in the scriptures, God literally uses the parallel between a mother and her suckling child. Could I forget thee? If she can't forget her kid, how could I forget my kid? You know, he uses that motherly bond to communicate in ancient language how he, the bond between mother and child is. And so to imagine not having a relationship with my kids at that, like, I'm so sorry, just ow, beyond They ow. couldn't, they, they couldn't, they, they weren't allowed and they were stuck in a place where if they did, if they even showed recognition of me when they saw me at the store, they were punished. They were, and like, in a way that can't really be explained, more of just a removal of love and kindness than like an actual, you're going to get grounded or just a removal of love. Right. And having experienced abuse in different forms myself, I would much rather have been hit and battered by some of the abusers than what actually happened because, and it's very easy for people. And I think Hollywood does a lot to depict abuse is always something that hurts and really the most insidious abuse is the twisting of love and trust yes and that's that's what my kids experienced two of them one of them experienced it in a very different way she could see it and so she was told she had to choose she was forced to choose And so she chose to stay with me. And so she was disowned by them. All of her siblings? For four years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and her dad. And um, now financially, um, I think that's the easiest form of disownment, but you're talking about like, um, I would, they wouldn't recognize her existence. They would not. So they're going to same school at this time. We, we live in this, we live in a small town. I knew um, that. Don't say the town name just so, um, you know, your anonymity is, you know, 
having the level of protection you want and your kids and all that. Um, so they're in the same school, but I knew that I knew it was a small town. Same school. Yeah. So they're in the same school, not acting like they know their sibling. Right. And what is the community doing around this? They had, they had no idea. Um, his friends and his, his wife's friends thought that those were their children had no idea I existed. Um, and they, they played that game. They had no idea that his other daughter existed or that she was his kid. Uh, people at the funeral said, now, who are you to her? She wasn't in their final family picture. She wasn't invited for the family pictures. Um, his HR lady at his work, when I talked to her about insurance and trying to figure out stuff after he died for kids, because I finally got him back. They are, where are they going to have to move? Where do you live? I just, I just live down the road. I just, I live here by you. No idea. So no how idea long were you and your ex pooper? I'm just going to call him that. Cause, cause mm-hmm. those are my bad words. Um, your ex pooper right. married about nine years. Okay. And you made how Eight many people? Three, three, very people. quickly. And then how long was he married to his current wife? Same, same. All, and, I think they almost made it to 10. And uh, did they make people together? No, okay. no, they could not make people. She came with two. He adopted one of her two. And he, he so we have the same five age as one kid. of mine. We have five kids in the mix now. And mm-hmm. does she does she see him as somebody who is poopy or did she buy the Kool-Aid? Oh, she drank the Kool-Aid. She, she yeah, that's the, she that's the, the correct idiom. I said, buy the Kool-Aid. No, it's drinking the Kool-Aid. Thank you. Oh, she Sometimes drank it. Fully. I get idioms messed up. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I, I am grateful to her in so many ways because for, for four years and for a two that I didn't see them almost ever at all. She loved them the best that she could. And she kept them as safe as she could. I'm mad at her for not making the right choices, but I can see that she was broken too, probably before him. And, you know, she was in survival mode. Again, I want to highlight the language you're using around this. It is so beautiful. The best she could. She was broken before. You're giving her what, you know, grace and empathy and charity and uh, trying to understand her position and finding that she, giving her that, that love that she did the best she could. I really, very empowering language. And this is a good example of how we can be in a very unempowering situation and be empowered about it right and how we choose to think of ourselves is dictates how long we stay as a victim and it's never served anyone well to stay a victim right and it's concerning to me in our society how we almost celebrate being a victim of variety of things but having been one myself I look at it and I'm like you know there's a big warning bell in my head ear, 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 you know just you know 
abort, 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 because it's so damaging to the human psyche to think that we can't change our circumstances. Because I think the one thing that we have above other animals is the ability to operate not on instinct, you know, which makes us unique in the scientific, the biology. And because I think that's the the spark of divine within us, that we are more than what we see. I, I agree. And I, for me, that difference is agency. Like, and I believe that that is our truest and most divine gift of all of the gifts. And we spend all of our time worried about it, you know, what's going to happen next or what we get to choose. We get to choose. It's, it's the most empowering gift that there is because even when we are dealing with the consequences of our choices, which limits our ability to choose, we still get to choose within those limited abilities, those limited choices. We still get to choose. And so I think that's our greatest gift. Yeah. And, and to me, the sign of abuse, there are many, but one of them is that you are filtering your choices through their response. That is the sign yes. of the user and that yes. you are in your head. And I talk about that in love me too, that if they're in that inner sanctum of your brain, what will they do? Oh no. What will they do? That's the sign of an abuser because you are limiting yourself, electing to limit your choices according to the consequences that they have put in place, not the consequences of the law of nature. You know, like you jump off a cliff, gravity's right. going to take effect. Right. You don't get it halfway down, go, wait, I choose differently. Right. And ignorance to the law of nature does not make you exempt from the consequences of it. And in a relationship, you know, a healthy relationship, which I'd love to explore that with you too, um, after we kind of do this, how, how freeing that healthy relationship is, how many choices I do have. However, I choose to make choices that honor the relationship. And some people see that as, you know, me bowing to the patriarchy. I'm like, right. If I were married to a woman, I would still be making the same choices because I'm honoring that relationship that I'm married, that I happen to be married to a man. And we're so comfortable, um, being hard on men. So that's why I like to be really clear. Like I am not, I am an empowered woman who, who is not going to beat up men, but women can be abusers. And men can oh, be yes. and men can be enablers and women can be enablers. And it sounds like we've got an abusive personality with an enabling personality in um, the wife that Mr. Pooper had at the time of his death. Yes. And I'm not yes. going to call well, her Mrs. Pooper because she, as you were being so graceful, she was doing the best she could. And where did she well, come from? What's her story? Which Right. You know, and I was her once. I was her yeah. once. And I know exactly how that feels. And like you say, like, I know exactly how that feels to know that it doesn't matter what you pick, but probably you picked wrong Mm -hmm. and there really never is a good option, but you're trying to pick the one that will have the least bad consequences. Cause no matter what the consequence is bad. And even when you think, even when you think you've got it figured out and you're finally going to do it right. And you're not going to get in trouble for what you do, then you find out, guess what? you did do something wrong. You just didn't know this rule. And you're like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was the rule. I'm sorry. Please well, give me because, back love. Because in abusive situations, the expectations are altering from day to day, mood to oh, mood. Constantly. 
yeah. constantly and you can't keep up. So even when you're trying to please, you can't. And that's, that's what my kids were going through. And how can I expect them? I mean, it took me years to leave and they were teenagers and I was just waiting for it to get to some point where they could leave, like where they could do it. It had, honestly, it had to get bad enough so they could leave. And they had to find it out for themselves because they couldn't find it out through me, which is so badly what I wanted. Right. And it seems like the easy thing to do, but then you're creating a power dynamic, you know, triangulation. Yeah. And no matter, I wanted to control them and I wanted to control the outcome of that. And that's when they taught me the most powerful lesson about free agency and that they have their own free agency and they got to leave if they wanted to. And it was way before I was ready for that to happen. <laughs> I, that was my, my better laugh with you because my son <laughs> is 19 in a couple months and I'm not ready for him to leave. And so we're talking at what ages are your kids my um, son court was mandated, I'm assuming that he talked the court into taking them or no. okay no there's our system is broken and when we got a divorce decree he lived in a different state than I did and so the language in it didn't reflect what happens if he moves back to town and me being just a mom who's trying to do the best for kids when he moved back to town, I automatically gave him the minimum that they give kids, that they give parents. The 70, 30. Uh-huh. I get, and every other weekend on Wednesdays till whatever time. But because that language was not in the divorce decree, the divorce decree was no longer enforceable because I had it followed it and got it changed first. And, you know, it, they were 12 and he was in his cycle of um, so because phase yeah. and flattery and charming, and they wanted to go with him. Wow. So because um, you were being um, kind, kind, and I, and I wanted to, I almost thought I wanted to find another word for it because you were trying to honor the fact that he was, I was tr- biologically your father. And yeah, and um, I was trying to be fair. Right. Fair. Yeah. That's a good word because, um, I think kindness, you know, I say this in my book, love me too, that kindness should never be sacrificed to truth. And the, the attempt to have life be fair often becomes unkind, you know, because, um, every individual needs different things. And, you know, my husband loves to work out for an hour and a half every morning. And if that were something I had to do, that would be unkind. And I know that's a terrible analogy, but <laughs> as I'm sitting here in my workout clothes, um, the audience will be so disappointed. They can't see me with my bam, bam hair, but um, you know, that what one person wants, another person may not want. And so when we try to make fairness happen, we actually are removing people's ability to have choice. And, and so. And know, I tried, I tried to, I tried to keep them and I tried to just convince them that I knew what was right for them and that they just had to believe me 
and that I couldn't tell them the things about their dad that they didn't know. And even if I did, they wouldn't have understood them. They were and I, in little. general, I think that's a really good practice to, um, to give, you know, to give people a chance to grow and to become and to be better. Um, but again, it kind of shows that though you'd gotten out of the marriage because there was abuse, there were different layers of abuse that you had to learn the same lesson over again. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And, and they had to learn it on their own. They never could have believed me. They never could have understood. They had to go through this experience to become the people that they are. And, and it was their choice. And one of them chose not to. And that was her choice. She could learn the lesson without going through it, but the other two could not. Right, man. It's almost like we're individuals. <laughs> Weird, right? I know. So Weird. crazy. Uh, I think I've said this before, but you know, people are always like, why does God allow this? And I'm like, what well, makes you think God's up there dictating everything? God He's is not. allowing this lesson, this free agency called earth to learn. And we humans are the ones that do these things to each other. And I believe that God just kind of weeps about not kind of that. He weeps. He surely weeps that the sure. Yeah. And just, and, and sometimes in my own life, I've kind of had these experiences where I keep asking the same question and I feel like I can almost hear God being like, (laughs) I feel like, no, no, we, I, right. Okay. Let me, yeah. let me back yeah. up for your understanding, little one. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that is how we learn. And as a parent, uh, I have, you know, the, the marriage where we're both working to be awesome people. And so I get one of those awesome marriages and it's still hard to make sure that we're on the same page. As far as the kids are concerned, we have always been. And right. It's so hard to let my kids stumble and fall and to be their own people. And I have, there's the two of us making this happen, you know, financially, emotionally, spiritually, you know, we are connected and we're doing this. And I just can't even imagine the heartache that it's so common. I think we become callous to broken marriages and broken homes and don't realize that that's what keeps therapists, if anything, in business. Right. And I'm a big fan of therapy. I think healthy people go to therapy. Unhealthy people don't. Right. You know, if I never went to the doctor, I'd die younger. (laughs) I, uh, so I had an experience after I was divorced. I married a man with four kids, got four more kids. And then a few years later we had two more kids. So I have given birth to five kids and I have nine. (laughs) Excellent. Um, so but, many, but this marriage is successful. Kids. Yes. And, and how long you two been hard. <laughs> yeah, it's still hard. I mean, still yeah, hard. that's any relationship with any individual is difficult. Yeah. I dropped the ball for my niece um, a little while ago. And she goes, you know, I feel like this hasn't been well planned. And that's kind of being an afterthought. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad you understand that. Because that's exactly what has happened. I have been too busy. I did not plan this getaway as well as we should have. And I'm so glad that you've told me that. And we just could joke about it. But I, I mean, we're, the, she and I are not having, you know, intimate relationships. Right. And it's still, I'm still going to make mistakes. And the difference between healthy and unhealthy is that I could be like, yeah, absolutely. Accountability, laugh at it 
and assess how I can right. do that. Yeah, and a blended family is a whole conversation got- for another day. And <laughs> all I the could people just, now. I'll does he have? He has an ex, or did? Yes. So the yes. mom is she? Is she working with all of this, or is it? Uh, yes. Uh, let me let me tell you, and I hope she listens to it because we are now best friends, and oh, she is one of the excellent. people that I yes. love the most in yes. the world. I love that. Wonderful. But she hated me when we got married. <laughs> well, you know, you got you got a good one, and you know, we don't we don't obviously want to go into a third party of how their marriage ended because that's it, their it, business. You know, she has had to do work to love me. And, and she deserves all the credit for that. She, um, she has allowed me to love her kids and she loves me and I love her. She has done the work for sure to, to, to let me in. That's wonderful accountability. To let us be and, um, I love again, how you're giving her credit for that. So she deserves it in, you know, with the, obviously um, what you can tell me in person and what you can tell me on a podcast, right. where are your kids now? How are they doing? What have been some of the ramifications of this, this split and the manipulations that have happened for your kids? There um, it's been two years. And they're so all with first... you now, except for what? No, they're all well. Oh, that's right, because he died. Okay, okay. I guess we got to back it up, because we don't want kids with anyone who's dead, because that means they died, and we don't like we don't like it when dead, right. kids die before us. Nope. Okay, so back her up. Um, or or right, the loud. You like that? You like that? It's a backup of the truck. Yes. Okay, trucker's daughter jokes. Um, so he had the two years where he was manipulating the kids because you were being, you were being fair and letting him have it. But because you didn't have that written in the divorce decree, it Nolan voided your divorce decree. Yeah. It had no leg to stand on when my kids refused to come with me. And then I'm assuming there was a legal battle where he worked to take them away. There never was. He just manipulated. He just, he just took them and I could get a lawyer I did see a lawyer. I saw two lawyers and they both said, we can do this and we can do battle. But at the end of it, if they don't say he's doing anything or they want to be there and they can't prove it, then all that will happen is your kids will hate you. Which is the thing is you can prove um, sexual abuse with uh, DNA. It shouldn't be able to be proved any other way really, because accusations are so easy to make. And again, I'm an advocate for preventing abuse. It's easy to prove that bruises have happened and blood has happened, but the, the bruises and the scarring of the brain and are the most so insidious because what I know from when I've had, you know, had different forms of abuse that I experienced, it was ironing out my brain and my soul that were the hardest thing. And yet the court's being uh, a yeller or abuser manipulator you know just the mental the court doesn't they can't and I don't know how they'd iron it out but it's so sad that that doesn't factor in like you can't bring in a recording of them you know going off the handle and it's just like well we don't know what happened before that 
Well, yeah. And he was, he was so good at it. He was so good at it. Yeah. As he was so good at it. And, and so charming when he wanted to be. Oh, so hard, so hard. And, um, you know, when you look and you look into what narcissists are, they're very, they are very charming and they know how to present their outward persona to be likable. Yeah. And honestly, if I had forced the situation, I don't know how it would have ended. I don't know. Like I had to go through four years of hail and they did too, in order to get to here. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, um, just making sure we're keeping the story arc here. You have, he's manipulated the children away from you. You're in the small, same town. People don't even really know that it's your kids. How old? Only if they know me. Only Only if they they know you, but like they're, they're going along with the, the perception he's decided and dictated that will be. Right. Um, They were 12 and 11, then 13 and 12, then 14 and 13. My kids all came very close together. Those were very, Um, those are very hard ages when everything's ideal. They came back when they came back, they were 17 and almost 16. So, and they came back because he had died. Right. Right. Well, am I remembering correctly that his death was a surprise? Uh, He he committed suicide. Which, um, you know, the the proper way we say it nowadays is that, you know, people die by suicide. So it shows a little bit of an insight into his mind um, that he was giving out what he was giving himself to. I, um, I don't know if I'm ready to share the insight that I have on that, but you don't have to, because I don't think anyone should have to share before they're ready, you know, and and things that are possibly sacred. Yeah. His, I don't believe he was a conflicted soul in the same way some people are. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I, his was an act of violence. Suicide is such a, um, you know, such a tender issue. And, um, you know, I, I, of course, whenever time I hear it, I think of those that I know that we've lost to suicide and, um, it makes you wonder if he was doing it to have like one last, you know, screwing of the knife or, um, she's giving me the, the, mm-hmm you know, to like, I'm going to torment, I'm going to go out in my prime, you know, kind of thing. Um, or what I think most typically happens is the, the conflict. So, okay. Well, I said it, you didn't. So, um, but you know, if anyone of course is having thoughts of suicide, do not take this casually. Um, after COVID, um, I heard a statistic that one in four high schoolers are having suicide thoughts. So it's really important that we're very aware and we're talking very clearly about this, but, you know, removing people from connection, um, I'm going to go down the side of mental health being more important than uh, a 3% chance of dying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because when I get in my car and drive around the block, I'm in more danger. That being said, I'm vaccinated. I'll wear a mask. Right. Um, but you know, we just can't be living in fear of things that statistically 
are not, you know, we have to know, we have to know the numbers. We got to know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I feel like there yeah. are more people dying of suicide um, or, you know, uh, mental health issues yeah. than, than um, the things that we fear in life. So we need to be well, and, and oddly enough, you know, that, that was the thing that brought my kids back to me and, and brought us back together and has allowed them to begin to heal. But I still wish it hadn't happened. Oh, uh, cause I'm in my mind. I'm like, well, there's a tender mercy. I mean, that's, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of poopy, but I love that again, that you're saying, I still wish it hadn't happened because, um, I do think consequences are harder on the other side, even though I believe in a loving and gracious God, but we're, you know, we're made aware of what we have done and we don't get to make excuses and that's well, a hard place and, to live. Yeah. And I feel like though, so that leads me to part of what I have learned from my kids is this one, I can choose. And two, I am ready to forgive them. They were awful to me. My son was terrible to me for two years. And the second he said, can I come home? I said, yes, of course you can. And I think, I know for sure that the big guy loves me more than I love them. And I think their dad never had anyone love him like that. And man, I love my kids like that. And you don't even have to say, we don't even have to talk about it. We don't have to go through the things. The second that you really want back in. Yes, please. Yes, please. So, because that is what I love how you said the big guy. So God and how no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what choices, we always have the opportunity to have love back in our life. And I believe that love is God and God is love. Yes. And, it, and there is a thing, unconditional love is real. Right. And it really is without conditions. And so many people don't, don't know what that feels like, don't know how to give that and don't know that that's there for them. I like to joke that, um, God is not as judgmental as we are now. God has his laws, <laughs> God has, you know, his, his standards, but he also knows the whole story. He knows everything. He knows all of it. And we go around being like, well, the Bible said this, and you know, I like the Bible. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of scripture and in my religion, there's extra scripture, you know? Sure. So we, I like scripture so much. We, we have more, you know, <laughs> more. <laughs> but, um, I, I think we get so caught up in the checklists of what we perceive that God has dictated and we're missing that God said, love thy neighbor as thyself, go and love people. And that you could, you, you were in a position where you could have, uh, tormented your kid well you chose this so no you don't get to go out on a Friday night or whatever it is but I don't think any I mean I teared up when you were talking about that because um my son just went through this big process in his life of you know 
will I serve a mission for our church? Will I not? And he was, you know, exploring all of his options. And I'm like, son, I'll always love you. And I don't think he can comprehend. I'm like, whatever you choose, I will love you. That being said, if he chooses not to go to college, he doesn't get the money that we set aside for right. college. You know, it's not like we're going to be like, oh, right. flat, you know, big flush of money for you, right? Um, you know, there's consequences to what we decide. And it's just amazing how you focused in on, we don't even have to talk about it. And that's a huge amount of what I'm perceiving as restraint. Because you, of course, you want to know why and how and what, but that's, you're allowing them to have their journey. And that's just, I love, uh, like, er, mama, love it. Mama bear and mama love. There's no checklist. There's no, I hate checklists. I hate boxes that you must meet. I, I hate that. There is no checklist. Given you an amen. Yeah. Because there shouldn't be checklists. And like we were talking about earlier in a healthy marriage, um, that I think so much of disappointment in life. So if I back up for a moment comes from this expectations that we get that our lives should be a certain way. Right. And, uh, life, they should look, they should look a certain way. Right. And the, the events should be in a certain order. And there's yep. just, it's just going to be like we imagined and fairy tale and they lived happily ever after. And it's like, no, 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 no. That was actually the beginning. <laughs> you know, that was a whole new, you know, now we're going to enter into the big saga story and of learning and becoming and how beautiful it is when you are committed to someone when it works as you're getting to experience in your second marriage and how love can be twisted and um you know again the whole concept of allowing us and honoring the relationship that parallel between agency and yet choosing to get into committing right you know, the the husband and wife the you know the son and the mom you know these are beautiful parallels of how you just are letting him be I let my husband work out. <laughs> That's very, very kind. Um, I know. Really <laughs> very nice of you. I'm he sure you do not water. the benefits of that at all. No, I hate having a spouse that's um, the doctor yeah. called an Uber yeah. athlete. I hate that. Yeah. 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 Embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, so I have a, I have a thing and it's sort of my thing. Um, it's sort of my foundation, I guess. I call it the moth principle. Okay, so I'm you've, so excited. You've heard of the butterfly effect, right? And right. I, I had an experience with my youngest son um, a couple years ago, and it was right after these kids came back. And we were getting ready to move into a new house, and he was helping me move, and he was three, three. And um, there was a moth on the ground, a giant, huge, huge, huge moth. And he couldn't fly. And it was the middle of the day. And he, he was trying to walk out into the road. And he said, mom, this moth, he just, he just keeps trying to walk out into the road. And I said, we'll just pick him up and put him back on the lawn. He'll be fine. So he didn't, I was ignoring him mostly because I was busy doing things. And it's a moth. Right. Whatever. And um, cool. I'm sorry for those of you that think all insects are valuable to human life. Some of us 
will kill them if they're in their house. <laughs> yes, moths are disgusting. And so he just, mom, this moth. And he kept calling me and uh, he just keeps going. He's going to get hit. He die. Mom, he die in the road. He die. And I, fi- I finally, after several times of like, buddy, just pick him up and put it back on the grass. It's fine. Like, leave mom alone. I've got one million things to do. Finally, I was like, Kate, you need my attention. <laughs> so I sat down by him and I said, what, what is going on? And he said, I just keep, I keep pulling him. He put him on the grass and he walk in the road. He die, he die in the road, but he won't stay. Um, and then he had found rocks and he had built a little cage around the moth. And then the moth was climbing over the rocks and walking towards the road. So then he had doubled his efforts and found more rocks and was building a taller wall. And I was like, holy crap, this is me as a mom. (laughs) My kids are the moth. And I've been telling him, do not, do not, do not, do not go in the road. You'll get hit. You'll get hit in the road. You'll die. You have to stay in the grass. And they're like, whatever, I'm going for the road. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's where all the action's happening. (laughs) And I build rocks and I put up walls and I build barriers. And they're like, bull crap, I'm climbing over your rocks, mom. Forget you and your rocks. I'm climbing over your rocks. I want to go to the road. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I told you, you can't go in the road. You'll die in the road. Stay here where it's safe in the grass. And so I build a taller wall and I build more boundaries. And when my son was 12, he said, no. I will not stay in your boundaries. And I had to let him go in the road. And I said to my little kid, I said, he gets to choose. He gets to choose. You've told him, you've brought him back to safety three or four times, but buddy, unless you're willing to commit the rest of your life to sit in here next to this moth, keeping him safe, Hmm. it is up to him and he gets to choose. And that day the moth principle was born and we don't get to choose for other people, including our own kids. Such a hard. We don't get to make that choice. Yeah. And I, I really believe that parenting is a transference of control. Yes. Yes, it is. I've been saying this to people that, um, you know, they, they take over, you know, if you get the opportunity to birth your people, they, you know, they, they take over your body, <laughs> you know, it's like a little alien yeah. growing in you. Your body does exactly. things that it's never done before. And then they have you so well-trained that it, I mean, I wouldn't even go to the bathroom except when it was convenient for my children. Like, oh, I have my bowels in years. Did, did not work during the day. Cause it, you know, just, I just would wait tonight. And it was like, ah, the day has finally ended. And my husband was like, you're so weird, you know? (laughs) Um, but you know, completely consuming and you know, you, you're okay with that because you made these people and then you're in complete control. Right. But there's the, where they start wanting independence is like six. And what's the level that you can let them have that. And there's a little bit more and a little bit more and, uh, you know, it's hard to just let them become people. And now people are like, why are you letting your son do that? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, because he's his own person. 
And they're like, no, 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 no. This is, you need to put the rules down. And I'm like, I, I have, there are opportunities for him over here and there are consequences. And it's totally up to him to choose which ones he wants to do. I have taught them. That's all, that's all that. Right. I and do. I have to hope that I taught them how to be the amazing humans that I expect them to be. But, you know, if they, if I, I was teasing my son one day that if he were, you know, and this wasn't something that was on the table, but I'm like, I will love you even if it's from the back of the courtroom. I've been I will, there. With I, will, <laughs> I will be there. I will be there, but I will not be paying your parole. You know, I will not pay anyone off. I will not try to get the consequences away from you because you got to let them climb over the rocks. Yeah. So yeah, and I've, so hard. I've worked at, I worked as a correctional officer <laughs> for a couple of years. I've had all the jobs and I, and I just remember I talked to one guy one day, uh, a gang member covered in tattoos and I had to let him know his grandma died. Oh, and I pulled him aside when everybody was in lockdown so I could tell him one-on-one. And he, he wept and he couldn't go to the funeral. And this woman had raised him. His own mom had, had not been there. And we got to talk that day about consequences and choices and how he was missing out on taking care of his family because of the choices he had made and the consequences and where he was and how starting that day he could make different choices, which would lead to different consequences. Mm-hmm. And I just think even as much as we want to, we do not get to pick for other people. Right. And right. I mean, when I never were little, it was, which of these outfits do you want to wear? <laughs> right. right. You know, and that was like, you know, we're going to go to church or they're going to be going to work with me. Otherwise, Sure, peach and red go together. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, they look great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing. My children dress themselves fabulously, all by themselves at an earlier age, right? Because yeah. our job, really, as parents, is not to entertain our children. It's to mold. And I don't even want to say that. I because it's, like, it's not. It's it's to, to give them choices of character, and it's to, to teach them, them to make choices. Right to teach them, my kids could say consequence by probably three because I read this in a parenting (laughs) book and I was like, yeah. And I'd be like, as many choices as I could give my kids, I would within, you know, safety because I wanted them to, you know, we, we do the concept of control and expectations are, you know, I would say from he who is poopy. Yeah. And expectations are yours. They're not, the person right. you're and that's where to. we get disappointed and frustrated and you were able to just drop all those expectations i'm sure through many sleepless nights oh yeah it makes that i want to come easy. back that you were like there you go yeah it wasn't easy it was it yeah it wasn't good <laughs> 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 they taught me a very hard lesson that i do not control their agency they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this so much. Okay. I want to thank you for being on. And before we end, I want to, cause I feel like we could go on forever. Cause these are such uh, important conversations that we have 
with ourselves. And just this morning on my workout, I was really chewing on the idea of what gratitude means. I mean, how many times have I thought about that? But, you know, it's one of the points of this podcast is we got to think and connect with other people. And that starts, of course, with connecting with ourselves in a meaningful way. So, um, Eliza, what is your fuel? So what is it that you add to your life, daily habits or affirmations? What that gives you strength? I thought about this and honestly, it's, it's just my kids. I, I really need to figure out something else <laughs> because <laughs> Cause they got uh, taken away. <laughs> oh man. I just, I, I, I am a good mom. Love it. I love it. I really oh. am. And I'm, I'm a good wife and I, I'm really good at doing this well, and I know that is- I am. You have nine people in your life that call you mom. And so until the day you die, you will have people that you will be influencing and loving on. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is your oxygen? That's the, the part of you that others may not see, but is a part of everything that you've become. I think this, I think this really deep understanding of agency and like a recognition of that in other people, I'm, I'm able to help people. I'll have women come, call and say, what are you doing today? Can I please come? I'm coming for four days to your house. I'm not bringing my kids or my family. And they come and sit here on my patio in my hammocks and talk to me when they need help and clarification. That has happened this summer four times. And I, because I can help them find what they're looking for and that clarification, because I am so aware of that we get to choose for ourselves and other people get to choose for themselves. And that's, that's it. That's the end of it. I love it. I love it. And I love that you're giving back and taking in your, those uh, sleepless nights probably can never imagine that you would be a source of fuel and oxygen and heat for others in the way that you are now. Um, so with that, what is your heat? That is a unique gift or talent. And I feel like you kind of said that, but do you want to add anything to it? I just, I just, I said, I'm a good mom. I really believe I am. I'm not, I am not perfect. <laughs> I don't think that I know perfection is a healthy one. <laughs> I mess up a lot. Um, I am a good teacher and I am a good communicator. That's amazing. So when you met me at uh, Barnes and Noble book signing, you had said that you felt that you were to write a book. And I know I've encouraged you in some messages, but after getting to have this conversation with you at a deeper level, um, we're just going to say that the, the moth principle is a copyright by. Yeah, it's mine. The moth principle. Yeah. Is uh, so uh, that um, when you're, when your book comes out, I will, I will help promote it. It's, it's going to be a good one. I'm here for you to be a, okay. a mentor and a guide for you on that. It's, that's going to be an amazing book that will help a lot of people. And, you know, when you have enough conversations, that was actually something that buoyed me up that I did have something worth writing into a book or to becoming a speaker, because 
I think that's the first step. If you can be good one-on-one, then yes, you can take that message you've done a hundred times, a thousand times. And yes, absolutely. You should figure out how to share that with a a bigger audience, but it always does come back to the one and the value and the importance of the one person. And I will Lita, I promise. Okay. I love it. I love it. Well, I am here cheerleading you on and thankful (laughs) to be your friend and thank you for stopping. And I, again, I don't remember what sparked the depth of our conversations there at the Barnes and Noble, but I'm sure thankful that, um, I get to be taught by your, your mama, mama love. It was our momness, our momness and our hotness. That's what did it. What can you do? One, one hot (laughs) thing to another, right? (laughs) Before we started this podcast, we were making jokes that because I was a tad late because I was doing my workout and she, your mom had said to you that someday you'll grow up and you'll wear makeup. And, um, um, I think it's very interesting how people choose to shame the outside, but not focus on the inside. And you chose to focus on what was happening developmentally and emotionally and spiritually and psychologically for your children. And that is our greatest call as moms is to, and parents is to help our children become thriving, resilient, giving back people. So I'm excited to see the awesomeness your kids will put out into the world too. Me too. I'm waiting. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And thank you again for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.